we actually have criteria um, that we've defined and, and we're very upfront with that with anybody that we talk with we want to make sure that it's going to be a true partnership we want to make sure that we're confident we're going to be successful with this individual um, number one they have to have a mission um, that leaves the world a better place than they found it and, and that is what aligns with our core values so we have to make sure that we can believe in their mission just as much as they do. Um, number two, we're looking for a partner. Um, uh, we're not a vendor and we want to be very clear with that criteria in the sense that we, we want to look at their brand holistically. We want to grow long term with them um, and we want to make sure that we have that partnership so that we can do that moving forward. Um, if you're just looking for someone to help you write social media content or email content, there might be another firm that's a better fit for you than us. Um, we we want to be partnership in your brand building. We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Out the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University, and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. What is up? I'm not done. Listen, shout out to everybody that's listening to this episode today. I'm happy to be here, happy to be alive, happy to not be freezing. And, uh, you know, it's just a great day. So I just wanted to put that in there. That's for the people who used to say that I talk too much at the beginning. I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. All right, Paul, welcome back. <laughs> Without further ado, guys, you know we love to bring you special guests. This week is no exception. With that being said, I do want to go ahead and introduce our lady boss for this episode. I want to go ahead and introduce the CEO of Zilker Media. We have the lovely Miss Paige Velasquez Buddy here with us, and she has also contributed to some very important platforms such as New York Times, Fortune Magazine, Wall Street Journal. So just super excited to have you here. Just super excited to pick your brain. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you feeling? Thank you all so much for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'd like to be respectful of your time. With that being said, let's go ahead. Let's just dive right into it. So right out the gate, tell us, how did you even get involved how did you stumble into the field of marketing and uh, PR yeah absolutely I had a, a really interesting path getting into marketing in general while I was attending the University of Texas at Austin in a roundabout way, I ended up falling in love with the art of storytelling and marketing. And it's so interesting because I was actually not even studying it at the time. I was on a, a pre-law track, as you can imagine, two polar opposite things. Um, but I, I grew up as a musician, and so I missed kind of studying that pre-law track, the creative side. And it just felt like that element was missing. And, and I started exploring marketing and started taking a few courses here and there and was just drawn in. And um, after that, I, I started exploring internship opportunities. At one point, I was working two internships and three part-time jobs during college, which I don't know if I'd recommend that. That might be a little overboard, but um, it was a good time for me just to cut my teeth in a lot of different industries. There's a lot that you can do in marketing. Um, so I learned a little bit about what I loved, a little bit um, about what I didn't love in marketing. And one of my first jobs out of college was at a book marketing agency called Shelton Interactive. And we focused on representing more than 30 New York Times and Wall Street Journal best-selling authors. And so during my time at Shelton Interactive, 
I had the opportunity to actually work with several physicians and healthcare professionals who were on their journey of writing and publishing their books. So as we worked with these physicians to establish their personal brand and online presence, it was incredible to see the, the bigger impact that they were able to make in the healthcare industry um, with, with their online presence. And so our team really honed in on our passion for representing personal brands and many of those physicians. Um, that agency actually ended up being acquired in 2016. So in 2017, our founder, Rusty Shelton, and several team members from that Shelton Interactive team started a new agency. Um, which we now call Zilker Media. And now we have the opportunity to not only work just with authors, but also work with other thought leaders, physicians, and companies to ultimately build what we call people-driven brands. I love that, um, that end part, you know, when you're talking about people-driven brands, because one, the future is online. Right. We all know that. And two, I especially think like, with with the culture of you know what platforms are now um and the blessing that is facebook on everybody's lives you know being able to have people driven brands is becoming more and more important you just can't show up at somebody's door like hey you want to get this this and that like there has to be that personality that tie when when it comes to marketing right first of all i think like your life sounds like my life i did pre-law as well and then i was like eh, marketing might be the <laughs> The go-to. Right. <laughs> the go-to. And then I ended up doing economics. I was confused. <laughs> but <laughs> that's irrelevant. When it comes to marketing, you know, what would you say would be the most important channels? And I ask this from the standpoint that I think a lot of people just assume, uh, like, well, you know, it has to be social media marketing. Is that important? Yes. But like, what would you say, according to you, what are the most important channels of marketing and why are they important? So when we look at marketing channels, I like to, to look at the media landscape as a whole. Um, previous media landscape, we were looking at what we only called rented media and earned media. Meaning rent and media, those are more of your advertisements. You pay for a commercial and it airs. You pay for a billboard and it airs to get to your audience. Earned media, that's, that's close to the same thing in the sense that you have to give others the impression that you've earned your way onto that media outlet. So th those are press hits. Those are speaking opportunities. And those are really the two ways um, to, to reach your audience at scale. Now, in this new environment, we, have, we still have rented media, which social media is now part of rented media. We still have earned media, so we still have media opportunities um, that you can garner. But we have an important portion of this landscape now called owned media. And owned media is where you directly own the connection to your audience. Um, and this is, this is the most important portion of the media landscape for you to leverage because it is the one that you're going to be able to use long term and and pretty much what falls into that owned media bucket is going to be your personal brand website your company website your email list your physical mailing list all of those are considered owned media so your focus moving forward needs to be how do i continue to grow that audience so i have the opportunity to nurture them because if we put all of our eggs in, say, for example, in the rented media basket, the, the problem with that, and we saw this in 2013, social media can change their algorithm at any time. And, and we saw that with the brand we were working with in 2013. We got big, fat, and happy off of being able to reach our audience consistently, growing our followers to over a million. And then one day, during that fall period, they switched that algorithm and said, okay, you've got to pay because these people are on our platform. You own the content, but they're on a platform we own. So technically that's not our audience. And then, you know, earned media, the, the caveat there of putting all, all of your eggs in that basket is you have to hope they publish that article. You have to hope that they give you a good referral. You have to hope 
that they invite you to speak next year in order to earn your way into their audience. So those are important aspects of the media landscape for you to build, but also the, the important thing is to keep an eye on growing that owned media and how do you siphon off from your rented audience and how do you siphon off with the right call to action from your earned audience to continue growing that owned media audience. So I love that so much just because I think people, when it, when it comes to marketing, I, I think that a lot of people don't realize that there are so many different components that, you know, it's composed of. And so I, I love that aspect of being able to break it down into those different sectors so people can understand, okay, when I'm using social media, this is the type of media that I'm using, you know, or when I'm doing something organic, this is what it looks like. Um, and what I, what I want to ask you now is just from a standpoint of Zilker Media and from a standpoint of when you guys work with clientele, like what kind of assessment or what kind of application process do you guys have like with the company when you're deciding whether or not they would be a good fit for you to work with? Absolutely. We actually have criteria um, that we've defined and and we're very upfront with that, with anybody that we talk with. We want to make sure that it's going to be a true partnership. We want to make sure that we're confident we're going to be successful with this individual. Um, Number one, they have to have a mission um, that leaves the world a better place than they found it. And, and that is what aligns with our core values. So we have to make sure that we can believe in their mission just as much as they do. Um, number two, we're looking for a partner. Um, uh, we're not a vendor and we want to be very clear with that criteria in the sense that um, we, we want to look at their brand holistically. We want to grow long-term with them. Um, and we want to make sure that we have that partnership so that we can do that moving forward. Um, if you're just looking for someone to help you write social media content or email content, there might be another firm that's a better fit for you than us. Um, we, we want to be partnership in your brand building. And then that third criteria um, is the understanding that this is not a you know, success overnight, get rich quick scheme. Um, It's all about building a foundation that is long-term that we can build upon and be successful years to come. So we're always looking years down the road. The strategies that we build are 12-month roadmaps, Um, just understanding that we're we're looking to do it the right way. And, And that just has to be understood by all parties. But we, we love the clients that we get to work with. They all are focused in on this people-driven strategy. And that's just a really strategic way to grow in this landscape. Because as you were mentioning earlier, personal branding is so important. And it's not only important for individuals, but it's important for companies who are looking to grow their brand as well. How are you going to drop that many gems already? Um, I'm just here like, yo, okay. <laughs> So much fire. Now, the question I have kind of sits on the back end of that when it comes from the client side, right? Because um, I know, and the unfortunate thing is we always hear stories of like clients have got burned by agencies and like, mm-hmm. you know, just money was taken and they're just like, I don't, I learned absolutely nothing, saw no progress. So okay. when the client is coming, right, you, you've identified you as the agency when you're looking for clients, these are the things that they need to have. But on the flip side, you know, you're talking to the clients, people that are listening that are like, yeah, I need to actually have somebody do some marketing for me and make sure that I'm good. What do they need to be looking for in an agency to ensure that, yeah, that partnership can actually exist? Cause not everybody is, as you know, straightforward and honest as you, you know, some people just out there to play people. So how can they be able to identify that? That that's absolutely so true. So many people have been burned, unfortunately, in the marketing space and and by agencies um, that have made it really tough for um, for for others in this industry. And the the biggest thing to hone in on is make sure that they're interviewing you as the client just as much as you're interviewing them. 
And that's so important because if they're doing that, they're really looking at, are we the best fit to represent you? Do we feel we're going to be successful versus trying to sell you? They might be interviewing you and asking you questions and asking you, okay, what's your five-year goal? What's your one-year goal? What are things that you've done that have worked? What are things you've done that are ha- that you that haven't worked? And so um, I, I would just really hone in on making sure that the interview process goes two ways um, when you're looking at an agency. And then also, you know, being um, – you want them to be very realistic with you on the expectations. If they are over promising and under delivering, that's something to be cautious of Um, a lot, especially in the PR space. You really don't want an agency that can, that can promise certain things because if we're all being realistic and this is the way we set clients with our expectations, we say, you know, this is truly what we can promise you. We can't promise you this. This is our goal, um, but I just would really be cautious about making sure that they're being realistic with what you can expect and ask them that question directly and, and, and be, make sure that you're both in alignment before moving forward. One thing that we do that's really important in our strategy phase is we set goals in that phase that we're going to look at every month and we're going to agree on those goals before we move forward so that both our client and our team are aligned on what we're looking to achieve. So Paige, I want to, I want to ask now from just from a standpoint of looking at how you guys go about pricing, like your, your services, what does what does that look like? Like this is more for, and, and this question is more directed for you know those agencies out there, or those people that are interested in starting an agency or doing these services, but they just don't know how they should price their packages at. So, what is that process like for you guys? Like, how do you go about deciding um, where you're going to price the different entities that compose uh, Zilker Media? Sure. And and that's an interesting question in the sense that it it really depends on what they're coming in for um, and and specifically what they need help with. Um, One thing that we've started doing with Zilker Media that works so well is we kind of break up our services into two phases. Um, Phase one is more the discovery and strategy phase. Um, So that's more the introductory phase with the new client for us. And so what we're doing in that phase is more of a deep dive into, okay, what does their current infrastructure look like so that we understand where we're starting and we understand the competitive landscape. And then we're moving into, okay, these are the revisions and recommendations that we need to make based on your current infrastructure in order to set us up successfully for success to roll out a strategy. And then from there, we might work on certain projects such as a website or a quiz if we're looking to build that foundational level um, for us to be successful during the strategy phase. And then we move into the strategy phase where we say, okay, over the next 12 months, here is our roadmap to get us where we want to be. And these are the metrics that we agree on that we want to measure and we'll talk about every single month to make sure that we're on the right path. And if we're not, we're going to revise our strategy based on the current in media landscape, which we've had to do several times this year based on COVID, um, based on other things happening in the news cycle as well. Um, so that's more of that phase one. And after that, um, we, we have a conversation with our clients where we decide, okay, is there stuff in this strategy that maybe you have an internal marketing team or you already have an agency you're working with to take on some of this work to roll it out? Um, and, and we either look at phase two of us coaching your team on how to do that and your team executing on it. Or it's so detailed, you say, you know what, I can take this myself and execute it all myself and that's great. Um, Or the third option is we look at 
okay, I need full support in executing this. We love the way the relationship worked in phase one, and we want to go month to month and have your team fully own the rollout of the strategy. And, and about, um, you know, over 60% of our clients always choose the having our team roll out the strategy and again, begin that partnership. Um, and we work with our clients for, um, you know, several years. A lot of our clients we've worked with for several years. And so that's where it gets really fun to be able to really see that partnership grow. As, as somebody's listening to this episode, I know something has to be, I guess, starting to turn in their minds. And I think the thing that a lot of people, so let me ask this actually from the side of somebody wants to get into the entrepreneurship space and they want to start doing marketing, but they don't know where to begin. Mm -hmm. And we've come to realize at least it's very easy to get caught up in wanting to do everything. So, you know, with the fact that you have a team and your team, I'm assuming specializes in certain areas of the entire project how do you should how do you suggest somebody goes about actually be able to pick that team right and i'm talking you know beyond just like you know let the personalities match you know make sure that they know what they're doing like at the root level you know how can somebody be able to create a team that's efficient because i know like on our team i'm a super direct person and mm-hmm. i genuinely don't care about people's feelings like I'll hurt them and I'll move on and I'll sleep. All right. Sure. Like I know that there are certain things where like maybe other people just don't respond well to that. So how do you go about suggesting somebody creates a team that actually works well and doesn't break apart at the first sign of trouble? The the big thing on, you know, the, the team part is really understanding where their strengths lie. So there's not one person that can do everything, especially in the marketing space. And I see that being one of the, the biggest mistakes of people hiring marketing teams is they think they can hire one person to manage it all. And it's almost you know, virtually impossible. And that's where you have to decide, are you going to hire a team that specializes in each area that you need? Um, or are you going to work with, Um, an agency. And that's where you get more of that end to end expertise based on what's really needed to, to make your brand successful. And that's the decision that you have to make is understanding, do you want just a point person on your team that continues to oversee the brand, but works with an agency to fully execute on the strategy? Or are you going to hire a full in-house team? Because if you're relying on one person essentially to do it all, it's just not sustainable as your brand grows. Now, to, to kind of piggyback off that, that question a little bit, um, Paige, what I want to know is just in terms of, because the other thing is you can, you can start this type of agency. You know, you can start an agency. You can start a, a brand or a company where you're divvying out these different digital marketing services. And maybe you're the person who, you're really well-versed in running ad campaigns and you have a partner who's really good at the social media marketing or the content marketing portion of it. From your experience, when did you guys know it was time to scale to like a multi-person type of agency? And talk to us a little bit of like what the process is of being able to do that and employing people under you. Sure. Um, And there's a few ways to scale in this business. And and that's a big thing is deciding what type of agency you want to be. With Zilker Media, we were able to start over in the fact that um, we, we started this company with the intention of being a boutique agency. And, and what that means is, is keeping a smaller team, um, but being able to also scale and grow um, and do really cool projects together that we were selective about. And we, we wanted to pick the clients who we were working with. And that's something that you know our team is doing now is every client that comes to the table, we have a team discussion around, are they good? Are they a good fit? Do we think are we confident we can be successful with them? And do we want to enter into a partnership with them? And, um, you know, a lot of agencies either specialize in one thing or another. And we found that it was really hard for clients 
um, to, to go around and work and pick one agency to do PR, one agency to do digital marketing, one agency to do website development and get them all to work together. And so we kept in mind, okay, who is our client and what's their biggest concern? And a lot of times it's being able to juggle multiple teams and actually get them working together so that the brand grows in alignment. And so um, what we really wanted to do is provide that end-to-end brand building experience all under one roof. And so we gathered the top experts that we've worked with throughout the years in each area. So we have a PR director and she has her PR team and we have a brand strategy director and she has specialists that are in the creative field. She has specialists in the content field. She has specialists in the digital field that she works with. We also have a great um, team of ghostwriters that we work with that know really well um, the landscape that our clients publish in. And so it was all about keeping it boutique and being able to grow and scale, but also provide that end-to-end model. And it's all about with marketing, there are a lot of shiny objects that, that come Uh, to fruition as you can imagine all the social media channels that come to life there are several a week that we that we hear about and we're looking at and it's all about looking at your clientele and really understanding okay what's going to be a value to them and if it's going to be a value to them we want to know it we want to be able to create strategy around it we want to be able to utilize it to grow the brand but anything outside of that we want to know about it but we also aren't going to just jump and say oh yeah, that's in our expertise or that's in our expertise. We're very clear on what our niche is and that's people-driven brands. And we, we really want to build our strategies around that. And that's the type of client we want to work with. One has to naturally ask, right? I'm going to put you, this is first of everything. I'm going to ask you a hard question. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Is that okay? Sure. Um, because you're very clear about the kind of client you want to have. And I Mm -hmm. think this is important. I want the listeners to understand this is because of that clarity, you're able to succeed, right? So somebody could be thinking, well, what if somebody, you know, let's say, um, let's just say you do SEO, right? Like you just do SEO. It's nothing else. You don't do ads. You don't do, you just do SEO. And somebody comes to you and is like, Hey, I've got $500,000 right now. I need your agency to get me on some TV shows and, run some Facebook ads for me, right? And you're like, well, we only do SEO. Like, that's what we do, right? To the person that's thinking that where, because I know it and I'm asking it naturally because I know at some point, everybody in this space has to deal with something like this, right? Where you just see all this money and like have the ability to be like, no, this is Mm -hmm. not what we do, right? What do you say to that person in that scenario where like they get that opportunity, but it's not the thing that they've set out to do. And it's not the thing that's going to catapult them into their purpose. Yeah, that that's a tough thing. And and that's something that we were very intentional with this company about was they needed to fit our criteria and we needed to be confident that we were going to have a successful partnership. And a lot of that is being able to say no to the people that aren't a right fit, because if you're saying yes, it's a disservice to you. It's a disservice to them. You're not setting the partnership up for success. And that's the thing you need to think about. Not the short-term wins, but the long-term wins and and really what that looks like. Um, Of course, there are new things that we implement into our services over time because it is a value to our target client um, that are important for us to be experts on. Um, But really being clear on is, does this align with my greater mission and purpose? And if it doesn't, then you shouldn't be saying yes, because again, it's a disservice to, to both parties. And that's, that's hard, but it's something too that, um, write yourself a criteria, just like we did, write a mission, just like we did. Um, and, and, this, and it's really important to, to put every client through that potential client and, If it's not a good fit, one of the things that we like to do is we have so many partners, other marketing agencies. We love working with other publicity firms, marketing agencies, website firms, because if we're not a good fit, one of our referral partners might be. 
um, one of our strategic partners might be. And so um, I, I'm a firm believer in supporting other marketing agencies, other marketing experts, and really understanding what does their ideal client look like. Because if we're able to give them an ideal client that wasn't our ideal client, it's a win-win all around in the sense that we're supporting them, we're helping them grow, um, but also the client's winning because they're really getting the best expert for what they need. And that's the most important thing is making sure that you're providing them, whether it's you or not, with the best expertise possible. Paige, I know you have four tips and I want to make sure I get it right four tips that you give to physicians that are looking to have like a mission driven brand. And for our listeners, I just want them to be able to hear what those things are. And if you can kind of elaborate. So I know we have the Google yourself own mm -hmm. your first impressions online, build authority through micromedia. And then the fourth one, use social media to start meaningful conversations. So, could you just talk to us a little bit more in depth about that? And for, you know, our listeners who are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, just explain what those four things are and why they're important. Sure. Absolutely. And, and just to back up a little bit um, for anyone listening to this podcast, a lot of healthcare professionals don't even think of themselves as a personal brand. In fact, a lot of them might cringe at the word or the phrase personal branding because they perceive that as overly promotional or ego-driven. And so when I say the phrase personal branding, the way I want you to think about it is with a mission-driven focus. So going into it with the mindset that you have the opportunity to broaden the way you teach and you educate others, whether that is patients, whether that's other physicians or the healthcare system. When you really focus on developing that personal brand, it can provide you the platform you need to make that greater impact with your work. And so when you think about it long-term, Building your personal brand can allow you to grow your practice. It can generate new revenue streams. It can help you transition into a new phase of your career. And that's going to look different for every physician. So before I dive in, I just wanted to clarify what I mean by personal branding. It's not that ego-driven promotional. It's all about how can you teach others? How can you educate others and share your mission? Um, so, so starting with that first tip, um, really understanding what Google says about you. Ultimately, for healthcare professionals, it's all about owning that first impression online. And first impressions are no longer happening when someone calls your office or when they walk into your practice. They're actually now happening on page one of Google. So if a patient's referred to you, or an institution is considering hiring you, or if a journalist is looking for an expert to interview, the very first thing they're gonna do is Google your name before any person-to-person -person interaction. So when you Google a physician's name, it's very common for us to see on page one that first result be typically their institution or their practice website. But the following results on page one of Google, a lot of times are those review websites, such as health grades or vitals. You both might be familiar with those. Um, but, but most of these review pro profiles are really not filled out. And the problem with having those being your first impression is that you're leaving it up to others to control the narrative. So you can be proactive as a healthcare professional, just really in positioning yourself as an expert and as a thought leader in your field with that first impression so that you give them a reason to pick up the phone and call. Now, to own that first impression online, it's all about optimizing and building your personal website and your social media channels. You have to understand what Google's al algorithm really cares about. 
And so if you're not ready to focus on building your website at this moment, that's okay. The one thing I do recommend that you do is go ahead and buy your URL. So that's that www dot, and then your URL is what follows. Now, all you have to do is, is go to a website such as godaddy.com, type in your first name and last name, and for physicians in particular, I always recommend including your credentials. So whether that's first name, last name, MD, first name, last name, PhD, and then buy the .com URL. Now, for most people, this is going to be just a $12 purchase. Well, well worth your investment because you are protecting your brand. So the way to think about it is when you buy your URL, it's like buying a piece of dirt, buying land that you're eventually going to build on later. Now, if you're not ready to build your website yet, one thing you can do to improve your search engine optimization, which is that SEO piece we were talking about earlier, it's all about focus on updating your LinkedIn profile. Um, this is the social media channel that almost looks like a mini website when you go to someone's profile. It also holds a lot of weight when it comes to optimizing, well, your name for search. And so that's, that's really important to understand. Google's algorithm loves LinkedIn. Um, so if you're not ready for that big website yet, you don't have the time or the resources to build your personal brand website, which again is the best way for you to, to really build and own that first impression. The next best thing you can do is fill out that LinkedIn profile. And that means making sure that you have a headline, making sure that you have your bio. You also have your digital CV uploaded. Those things are really important for optimizing your name for search. Now, um, when, when you start thinking about how do I grow my credibility as a healthcare professional, um, there, there are several ways you can do that, but one of the best ways you can do that is through that earned media and media outlets. Um, and, and for some, that's, that's hiring a PR firm. That's exactly what we do um, because they own relationships with media outlets. But also, if you're not ready for that, or you don't have the time dedicated to do a lot of media interviews because you're a physician and it's one of the most demanding jobs in the world, one thing you can do is make Google your publicist. Um, so you can set up Google alerts for three to five keywords in your topic area. And each morning you'll get an email to your inbox talking about the top news stories that are connected to those keywords. And all you have to do is review those stories from media outlets and, and really consider how you can add to the discussion. Um, you can share an article on Twitter, adding your perspective. The main thing here is making sure that you're tagging the journalist in that tweet. You can also write a blog post or a LinkedIn article and use those keywords that are important to your work. Um, but it, it's more than just mass media and not something that um, to look at when you think about PR. In today's media landscape, it's really micro media that reigns. Micromedia is all about online-only publications, podcasts, email newsletters, blogs. A lot of times, these micromedia channels have more loyal followings than mass media. Mass media, people have to invest a lot of time to only get a fraction of what they're looking for. Micromedia gives your audience exactly what you want. And so as you're looking for, for media opportunities, um, really look at micromedia channels and see if, are they talking about things where you can contribute and really work to build a relationship with those journalists that are covering your area of expertise. And the best channel to do that is Twitter. If you are including them in a tweet, if you're talking to them about their story, that's just one way to stand out because a lot of times they're only tagging the major outlet versus the actual journalist who is writing the piece. Um, and, and journalists don't hear enough about, hey, that piece is great. They really don't hear that a lot. So as if you can build an organic relationship with a journalist, you're, you're better off if they need an expert um, in your area in the long term. 
There's also um, a tool that we love to, to share with our clients. It's free. It's a website called Help a Reporter. Um, it, it's uh, HARO is what it's called. And, and what you do is you can actually sign up as an expert and you will receive three emails a day. And these emails are journalist inquiries looking for an expert on X or looking for an expert on Y. And they'll actually put exactly what they're wanting. Um, from that expert. And a lot of times, all you have to do is, is write up your answers and shoot them an email back. Um, a lot of the times, these journalists are on deadlines. So if you do sign up for this free service, um, you want to get it in quickly. Uh, a lot of times, you have a, a bigger chance of actually being featured. Sometimes it'll tell you the outlet that they represent. Sometimes it will say anonymous. I would encourage you to continue answering if it's anonymous. A lot of times the bigger outlets put anonymous because they don't want to be flooded with responses. So, so keep all those things in mind if you do sign up for that service. We've had a lot of healthcare professionals be very successful because there's actually a healthcare section of where they have journalists who are just looking for healthcare experts in different fields. And then Lastly, when you're looking at content marketing and you're, you're starting to build your platform, remember that what you put out on social media or on your blog, um, it doesn't have to all be on you. And that's one of the biggest things I like to share with healthcare professionals, especially because their jobs are so demanding. When it comes to putting out content on social media or in your newsletter or your blog, Start thinking of yourself as if you were the editor of your own newspaper. And when you think about newspapers, it includes various content from current events, interviews, research, op-eds, and, and jump into your content strategy by looking at it in three different pillars. So the first one is, is what we call you-driven content. And you-driven content is kind of that op-ed section of the newspaper. Um, it's a little promotional. It's also a little bit more about your framework or your journey, your area of expertise. The mistake that a lot of people make is they focus only on you-driven content. Now, if you were to get a newspaper with only op-ed pieces, it would get boring eventually. It's not something that you want to read all the time. So we recommend when looking at your content strategy, make you-driven content only about 10% of what you're sharing. So that needs to be the smallest portion of your content strategy. Now, the other two buckets, one is news-driven content. So looking at um, things that are happening around the world, breaking news, new studies, really making sure that you're able to speak to that as an expert in your field, really looking at, okay, what is my audience worried about right now or anxious about, and how can I speak to that as an expert? Um, new, under news-driven content, you can also look at um, times of year and, and calendar-driven content. So for example, we're coming up on the holidays, we're coming up on New Year's. A lot of people are gonna be talking about end-of-year reflection, New Year's resolutions. We're also, you know, cold and flu season right now. Things like that that come every year that you can anticipate um, that are falling within your field. Make sure that you're speaking to that. Now, the last bucket of this is uh, relationship building content. And that's so important. And it's honestly, for a lot of people, the fun aspect of content creation. Because again, it, it's not reliant on you to produce it's really looking at how can I involve others in my content strategy? And that can be done several ways. It can be done through a podcast interview series, just like we're doing now, bringing other experts that can be valuable to your audience, but also building a relationship with other people. Um, it's looking at, is there an interview series on the blog where you spotlight someone else or you include someone else in a, in a story you write or an article that you write? Really looking at how can you leverage other experts in your field, outside your field to, to bring value to your audience and build your community moving forward because you're not only 
giving value to your audience, you're also expanding your reach because what's going to happen is if you feature them, they're going to share it with their networks as well. And so how do you continue to do that time and time again so you're not having to, to churn content out yourself consistently? And that's the biggest thing is, is you want that you driven content only 10%. You want the rest being news-driven and relationship-driven. And that's how you really build a community and keep people engaged. Yo, um, that, that's that stuff right there. Um, no, thank you for sharing that. I have one last question for you. And this comes in the sense, and actually it does definitely fall in with what you just shared, but in the, in the realm of certifications, we live in a world where like everybody's getting a certification about everything. And if you ain't got one, um, you just don't stand out. So what would be some of the certifications or courses or things that you would recommend for people who are interested in marketing or, you know, branding to get into or to talk, you know, to look at or check out? Yeah. And and there's a lot of them out there. And so um, it really depends on what field, if you're, if you're in the digital field and you're wanting to learn more about digital advertising and Facebook blueprint, that's actually Facebook certification program is a very solid program to, to understand their algorithm, their landscape. And, and just so you know, as well, Instagram, Facebook actually owns Instagram. So um, you're, you're kind of getting a, a dual certification there. Um, Google Analytics is a really important one as well, especially if you're looking to really understand um, what's happening when someone lands on your website, where they're coming from, how to move them through what we call user flow very well. Um, Are they converting if you have an e-commerce portion of your website? um, Where are they dropping off? Um, So so that really helps you become more sophisticated in your strategy. And that program is is very in-depth. They also um, really update it. That's something that we look at too, because the the landscape changes so fast. and, And both Facebook and Google are so great at keeping all of these updated. Um, if you're in the PR world, our team loves uh, Michael Smart's uh, inner circle. Um, he is an expert in the PR space and does an incredible job of, of keeping, uh, building a community of publicists who can share their learned experiences, um, but also keeping everybody up to speed with the changes that are happening in the media environment, because this year it has changed tremendously. We also actually got into courses as well this year. That's something that was a big initiative for our team. Um, This is a dream that we've had for five years and at the beginning of quarantine, at the beginning of COVID back in March and April of 2020, we found ourselves all sitting around um, after all of our events were canceled, after all of our trips were canceled. And what we decided to do with that time was pour every bit of knowledge, every tool we've ever used into um, these videos that ultimately we ended up building a course around specifically for healthcare professionals um, to help them understand how can they implement some of these strategies themselves because it's such an important time, especially for the healthcare community to amplify their voice and help spread their message. And we knew that was going to be incredibly important. We wanted to expand our reach as much as possible with that message. And so um, a lot of these physicians are on the front lines of battling this pandemic. Um, A lot of them had expertise to share, and we wanted to make sure that we were equipping each and every one of them with every tool possible to do so. Um, so, so that's what we decided to do is, is build our course specifically for healthcare professionals on how they can make a bigger impact and how they can self implement 
a lot of these marketing strategies that we've used throughout the years and that have been extremely successful. And um, that's been a lot of fun uh, to do that. You can definitely tell through the videos that it was filmed during quarantine. I hadn't had a haircut in months. My partner hadn't shaved. I mean, we were just looking very quarantine-like, but um, at the end of the day, it was it was a lot of fun to be able to share that and, and broaden our reach with that, especially with the healthcare community. Oh, Paige, this was awesome. Let me say thank you, first off, for bringing all that value that you just brought, because that was a lot. <laughs> um, but but no, seriously, we, we really appreciate it because these are marketing's essential for any business, you know, and, and me and Paul, we're pro marketing, you know, for everything. And so just to be able to have someone, you know, with, with your expertise to be able to come on and, you know, explain the importance of it, you know, but also provide the content in a way that, you know, our listeners can digest it and they can be able to understand the different sectors of marketing and, and how it can be broken down and why it's important. You know, we just, we appreciate you. So before we let you go for anyone who's listening and, you know, they're interested in getting in contact with you or reaching out, what would be some social media or some contact information you would want to leave with them? Yeah, absolutely. We um, are at Zilker Media, Z-I-L-K-E-R, on every social media channel. Um, on our website, ZilkerMedia.com, we actually have a, a personal branding quiz that helps you determine is your is your brand on track, is it off track, what are the areas that you need to focus on. It's, it's broken down into earned, owned, and rented media. So if you just want to go assess yourself, we have that for free on our website. Um, it, the course I was talking about earlier is the personal brand bootcamp for healthcare professionals. That is on zilkeracademy.com. So if you're interested, um, check it out. If you are looking for me on social media, it's uh, at Paige Velasquez. To our listeners, right now, if you're listening to this episode, you're probably out there in your car. If you are, please drive safely. Or if you're listening on, I don't know, you're walking, you're working out, you're just listening, whatever it is. I need y'all to do something really quickly. Pick up your phone, unless you're driving, pick up your phone and text us. Text us at 321-384-6275. Why? First of all, you can get the gear, the merch that we have our shirts. I wore the gray shirt today. If you're in YouTube land, you can see what we're doing on the video. Um, but I had the gray one on. Carl has a black one on. It's a staple. It looks fire. I'll be honest. These are really dope. And we got them for your profession. Just text the word shirt to 321-384-6275 and we'll hook you up with the link. Also, the reason why we ask you to text us is when each episode drops, y'all. Listen, we like to make sure that you can implement everything you heard. So we make sure you have a worksheet with each episode. It's like a cheat sheet. You get the breakdown of the episode before the episode starts. Y'all, all you got to do is text us 321-384-6275. Make sure you get ready and stay ready so you don't have to be behind y'all. But um, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Paige, once again, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on. To our lovely listeners, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome to OTC. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button, share out this episode, leave us a five-star review. We appreciate all the love and support. Until next time, peace, many blessings. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.